All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Washed up, and welcome back to another episode of No Silly's Podcast with your host. Now, fuck that with your low, Glasses Malone. P Dog. We are back. Man, how are things? How's, how's, how's the weather out in the desert? Uh, it's hot. It's all good, though, man. I ain't one of them nice. ones. I spend too much time complaining about something that God got control of. Kind of um, seems like a waste of time. I would agree. I would tend to agree. I'm still getting used to looking outside here, and, and I see that like, it's gray and it's raining. I go, oh, it's going to be cold. And then walking outside, and it's still hot. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that, a mental adjustment for me. <laughs> that humidity out in uh Florida is like crazy, but again, complaining about the weather is a waste of time. Yeah. Did you um did you see uh what happened with Kid Cuddy? Did you watch it? When I saw a, a short clip about like I watched like Friday night or Saturday morning. It was like he was saying something about you guys do any of this again, I'm leaving. And then they did it again and he left. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, and it's funny because I was talking to somebody about it and they were telling me like uh, that him and Kanye are ops. And I'm like, Kanye put Cuddy on. How the fuck could they be ops? And he felt like that mattered. Like Kanye went out ahead of time with Dirk and it was like, oh, Kanye, you know, did that on purpose. And I'm like, what's going on today in society there's a lot of people that are trying to have a mental understanding of what other human beings are going through without ever asking questions like i even noticed that when we watch sports and um people will tell you oh this person is mentally weak and i'm like how would you know if you never talk to that person but they were talking about kanye's motive about why he didn't headline and why he came out on dirk set and then we could talk about Cuddy's mentality or his mental, you know, dealing with it and walking off stage. But I tell you one thing, 
walking off stage is the worst thing you could do. Um, don't get me wrong. I think we're at this really tender place in society to where they may cater to your emotions. But for the most part, humanity has shown to be pretty much dicks all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I've been not pleased with how well received a number of athletes over the last couple years who are, you know, I'm not going to do this. I need to take a mental health, you know, vacation from whatever, like, what was their name? Osaka, the tennis player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I've been a tennis fan for a lot of years. Um, I, I remember Monica Sellis getting stabbed, literally, courtside. Mm. You know, and, and coming back and playing, not with the stabbed shoulder, but, like, once the wound healed, she was playing. She didn't take mental time off from having to recover from being stabbed in the middle of a match, you know. Even Nancy Kerrigan came back and got a silver medal after they clipped her leg with the pipe. Yeah. Um, I mean. Well, rap is in a weird place. Um, Rap is in a super weird place. Like, hip-hop and rap are different. Hip-hop is the culture. Rap is the language. mm. You know what I mean? Like, you could sing things in hip-hop. You know what I mean, you can sing about experiences. You can sing hip hop experiences, and it still be hip hop. But yeah, rap, like, like Nate, Nate Dogg, a hip hop artist. Yeah, Nate is a hip hop artist, and Future is a hip hop artist. Mm-hmm. But it's it's weird trying to explain that with every to everybody, right? Because what you have now is a generation of kids coming into this genre that they call hip hop, and be like, "Well, I listen to hip hop music, so I'm hip hop," and I'm like. That's weird. And I respect it. Like, I get what they're saying, but it's like, you don't have to be hip hop to like, I don't know if Dickie Vitale would give a nigga 50 points in a game or Skip Bayless would give somebody 70 points in a game. Like, you don't have to be, you know, uh, an actual player to know the game. But for some reason, I listen to people who cover hip hop and they're like, well, I cover it. I'm a part of it. Or I am hip hop. And it's like, no, you cover the culture, right? But I wanted to focus more on the language and the actual people who who focus on the language and what's going on currently. Um, Another kid got killed in Florida and people. So the way the media outlets reported it, I forgot the kid's name. Um, Let me don't be rude first and find out cuz name for be. He was a rapper, though, right? Huh? He was a rapper. Yeah, exactly. And this is my point, right? Um, He's a rapper. And and I hate to do this because I don't like calling people's name, but it's for a greater point. Mm. Uh, God damn, they got this whole article on him on Fox News. His name is Roly Bands. Okay. He's out of Florida. And he posted something on his social media to the effect of, like, my enemies know where I'll be at or where I'm sleeping at. Whenever they ready, they can come see me. And he died, you know, he got killed within this, within you know a window of that time, five to 10 minutes. And everybody assumed that like his ops followed him on Instagram, as they say the ops, his opposition followed him on Instagram and decided like, oh, okay, he's putting that up. Let me go kill him. And 
and has been following him on foot. That's pretty quick. Yeah, and I'm like, as somebody who's been a part of the criminal underworld for a lot of years before I started making music and even during that times, most likely that's not how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, it forced another conversation. Somebody kept asking me, was being a rapper the most dangerous job in the world? And I'm like, no, it's <laughs> like, you job. <laughs> like, ideally, it's the easiest job in the world, right, to be a rapper. And I'm like, what you rapping about is everything. Like, if you don't want nobody to come fuck you up, watch what you say about people. D- did you ever have any or find yourself in the mix of any rap or hip hop music general music non you know basic regular 117th related shit you know that that occurred as a result of of your artistic career solely that you were in the mix of that didn't get out really um where you were like this is a getting a little temperature in the room a little warm no i never got that far but there were certain times like my neighborhood and a neighborhood that I grew up pretty much like looking up to every G person there, Mona Park, right? Coolio's from Mona Park. Mm-hmm. A lot of okay. uh, a lot of niggas I looked up to my whole life, just like my older homies from the neighborhood. Feel me? Uh, um, they were from Mona Park, Compton Crip. Like it's a really close neighborhood to where I'm from. And they started, you know, my generation or younger um, started, they started having issues over a dice game and it went bad. And even though we pretty much been thick as thieves, as long as I can remember, for that time being, it was like problems. You know what I mean? People was getting shot at, people was getting shot, they got bad. Mm-hmm. But long story short, I had put out that good. And that good became like my biggest party song. And there's a line in the song where I say, um, something about mashing like potatoes or mashing like taters. And I was getting calls from people over there or certain homies that was like, glasses is this in the hood in this new song. And I guess culturally, that's how you diss their neighborhood, which is weird because I've never beefed with them as long as I can remember, like since a kid. So I never even knew how to diss Mona Park. Like again, Fern, different people, Big Mike, you know, uh, so many G's I look up to from over there that I never really realized that's how you diss them. And uh, it was just weird. And I was like, bro, why would y'all be thinking? Why would y'all be thinking I would be dissing y'all community like in a song about sleeping with girls or period? Like, like y'all know we know each other our whole life. Why would I why would I be dissing y'all in a song? Like I don't care what's going on. Like if that was a real issue, I would see somebody in person and have my issue. I wouldn't make a rap record and like, you know, perform it. Like I don't think that's really the thing for me. Long story short, it got resolved real fast. But it was just weird to me. Um to think that somebody would be thinking I would be thinking about them in a rap record where I'm talking yeah. about sleeping with women. It was, was really strange. Was there like, does does your neighborhood really, or is it a little too far down the street to have any type of relationship or interaction with uh, bounty hunters? Because like J Rock's from there, and you you have a professional relationship with him, right? 
Yeah, I mean, we close enough to have problems. I mean, we had social issues before, something with chocolate, something with a couple of homies, but it's always been amic- amicably resolved. I mean, it was always mm-hmm. resolved in, in a really, you know, excellent manner, you know. Um, really, it's some... I, my younger homies got some crazy shit going on, but I'm not tapped into it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't know what the fuck is going on. But it wouldn't be with the Bonnie It's always been pretty much a, a fruitful relationship with, with the homies from the, pretty much from the Jordan Downs, Imperial Courts, Niggas and Guards. It's always been cool. Um, no oh, I silly. thought you had, had, had a thing with uh, PJs. I mean, my older homies did, but not my oh, generation. Okay. Like, Got you. I don't know if that was like a perpetual thing. Yeah, no, no. Um, okay. Really, most, very few gang wars are perpetual like that. Like the 60s and the A-trays are like that kind of situation. But then they'll go, it'll, it'll be months and close to a year and nobody may get shot in that incident. You know what I'm saying? They not going mm-hmm. at it. But then sometimes it heats up and something bad happened and they go at it. But uh, no ceilings, GL, Peter Boss, feel me, in the spot, and we doing what we do. Um, But I want to talk to you about rapping. And, and I yeah. feel like it, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, Rapping is, is a particular language that almost anybody could speak. It's not like, like hip-hop is street urban, right? So that's it's the culture of street urban people, right? And whether you a criminal or not, you know, that that lifestyle shaped your life. Like if you listen to Good Kid Mad City, it's the exact opposite of maybe my experiences as a participant, but it pretty much shaped his life, you know, Kendrick's life as an observer. But then there's other genres like what Jack Harlow is doing, right? Which is a level of mainstream rap. And rap is a wide open thing because it's, it's as simple as words, being witty with words. But the times when being witty with words can be dangerous, that's what I want to talk to you about. I felt like that was a conversation that we don't have. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot... And every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. 
Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Um... Right now, Thug is Thug and Gunner and, and they team is fighting a, a a Rico charge right down in Georgia, and people are talking about them using their rap lyrics as evidence in the case, and and it's a bit misleading because they have real evidence and real snitches in that case, you know. But they know it's sensationalized to say we're using rap lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, rapping is a language that anybody can speak. And, you know, especially in today's time where all the equipment is cheap, you can get free beats off YouTube. Anybody can rap. But I'm not sure I like the concept of calling everybody a rapper, like particularly this kid, Roly Bands. Rest his soul. Shout out to his family. I pray for them. You know what I mean? To find peace with what's going on. You know what I'm saying? But somebody could work at in and out you know what I mean, Burger, or they could work at Denny's for 10 years. And if they make 10 songs, right, somebody would consider them a rapper once they die. Like, I've never mm-hmm. heard, I've never heard the name Roly Bands. I don't know too many people that posted this music before. I'm pretty avid on new stuff coming out. Like, I always hear names. But... I think they use the term rapper because it sensationalizes the genre itself. It's like, oh, up and coming or a rapper, another rapper gets killed. And it's like, then I heard Charleston White saying that, you know, all the rappers. And it's like, bro, this shit is just a job. It's just a job like being a postman. You know what I mean? Does the postman have influence on the community? Fuck yeah. You know, does the president have influence on the community? Yes. Does doctors have influences on the community? Yes. But for some reason, rap is singled out consistently, you know, amongst the financially viable or elite. Like it's some kind of extra influential thing versus a movie star. 
Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see where you really sat with that. How did you feel about that? Well, I think I've said before that I find it odd the way music has always been seen differently as an art form by critical media in, in regards to what happens outside the confine of the piece of art than movies have. You know, like mm-hmm. you could be like, Miami Rick Ross, not LA Rick Ross, to the best of my understanding, is not a large scale drug trafficker. He's making content about that in the same way that Mario Puzo was never a godfather, Don. You know, so so you look at the way certain artists, even like Ozzy Osbourne getting blamed for like kids committing suicide or something like that, you know, in the eighties, like and having to go to court over it. There's a different perceived responsibility or perceived parallel between music and between movies and television. You make like Sylvester Stallone, all his movies are incredibly violent. If somebody's a big Rambo fan and goes crazy, I was going after Sylvester. You know? What I mean? Why do you think that is? I, I really don't know. I mean, I think maybe because of the target audience. And because people kind of go, like a lot of stuff happens statistically between like, say, those ages of like 14, 15 and like early 20s, right? And there's a lot of people who historically or once certainly once the invention of the headphone or the portable music device came around that would go to their room and listen to music and people would think, oh, they're going to listen to music and becoming weird, but it's like, no, they were, they were weird and they were going to listen to music to deal with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like sure. Whatever it might yeah, be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Music is not the inspiration. Music is the soundtrack of life. Mm. For some, somehow rappers are being blamed like they're the inspiration versus the soundtrack for existing things happening. Like, Rappers don't really create as much lingo. Like usually the streets are talking a certain way or humanity is talking a certain way and rappers pick up the lingo and it could get popular because of them. But rest assured, somebody's talking that way. Yeah. No, totally. I I think also like because of the nature of the way music is always coming out all the time. So like rap music tends to come out in a pretty steady stream and it's to a degree largely like if, if we're bringing it up into movies, it's always like say an action movie, you know, it's not like one album's an action movie and the next one's like some aliens movie. You know what I mean? So if, if you're Sony or if you're Paramount and you own a record company and you own the news channel and the cable company, it, would behoove you to market something that might create more parallel interest in other spaces that you also own. Mm. Do you feel rappers have that type of responsibility? No, I don't think the rappers have that responsibility. It's not on the rappers. I mean, the the lag time between content creation and the point where 
the content's been released and listened to and something could be possibly derived from that content is pretty significant. It might be six months to a year. You know? That's a lot of foresight. Mm. I don't know. It just gets weirder and weirder to, to listen to people. Yesterday I was talking about... um. So it's one thing, right? I was telling Alcatraz, like, right? And we were talking about rap music and hip hop and the, and the mix of everything. And I was trying to express to him how, like, it's one thing to rap like somebody, right? It's a, it's a kid named Slim Jesus that, like, came out and admitted, like, yo, you know, I'm not a part of drill culture. Like, I didn't grow up like that. I just like the music, so I rap like it. But it'd be different if he's like, yeah, I'm a I'm a drill artist. Like I'm 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 really a part of the culture. So I think rap is dope. You know, what I mean, um, when it's like that. But the problem is when you have people rapping about lifestyles that they actually are not familiar with. And no matter how many times they do it or how convincingly they believe they are, it always comes across a bit parody ish. If you didn't grow up next to it, what like. Like, like, like you could rap about being a drug dealer if you live next to a drug dealer. Like if you knew him and experienced it and you was representing him in rap, even if people mistake it be, to be for you, you can get it off culturally. But the problem yeah. is when everything you're rapping about is something you see through a screen. You know, maybe you see it through a phone screen. Maybe you see it through a TV screen. And then you're like, OK, I see that. I'm going to rap about it. You know what I'm saying? And and that's where it comes across a bit parody-ish. And you could tell, like it won't fit on no level. And I was expressing to the to him about this, about um an up-and-coming uh, Latino artist. And he he asked me, he was like, Well, do you think like black people can notice it in black artists? I'm like, hell yeah, we always know when somebody is not, you know, when they're just rapping and they're truly a part of that culture. Yeah. I used the line I was talking, I had the same conversation like five days ago. And I said, yeah, there's there's a lot of artists right now that are really popular. And you can, if you listen hard enough, you can hear the quarterly reports and the records. <laughs> How hard is it to, for you to tell when you listen in the rap what's legit and what's not legit? I mean, to me, it's not it's not hard. Um, I, don't, I, I don't I haven't listened to a lot of newer stuff closely enough to pay attention i'm just kind of listening to drum beats at this point in time you know it's background noise mm. but like when i was younger yeah it, it's it, it wasn't challenging to you know tell a lot of a lot of the stff that like like pimp c talking about guys spitting fake dope prices on the ozone you know interview back way back in the day it, that wasn't new, necessarily news to me you know I'm just like this, you know, some guy says I, I, some guy originally got very popular because he came out and said, I made a hundred thousand dollars. I bought five of these at this and I moved them for that. And then another guy came out and said, well, that made him a lot of money. I sold 20 and bought a million dollar house and a chain and I sold mine for blank. It's like, you only said that because he said that. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, I 
it's, it's not as easy for the general public to be able to tell, though. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I noticed early in my career, I never felt the pressure to to be over expressive about who I was, because, you know, where I come from, if somebody says something, it's easy to check up on who that person is. Like any rapper in California, not just L.A., any rapper in California. Hell, honestly, for me, any rapper across the country, feel me, I could tell, I could find out it's one degree of separation if at best two or three. Mm. <clears throat> and I could tell you how legit that person's street activity is. Yeah. I don't think I've ever cared about it, you know, um, long as they're not trying to overpass it off like it's legit. Like, if they're just rapping about it, I'm not super vested in it. Like, if your music is good, I'm cool with it. But it, it really became important to me over the last three years to separate hip-hop from rapping. Like, Debbie Harry from Blondie was rapping. I mean, it, it, rap is different. So, I just think about that a lot. And and I, and yesterday, I, I was on No Jumper, and I was talking to them about it, and I was really trying to explain to them why it was so important to to identify rapping as its own, you know, um, just vocal expression. Because, you know, over the next 36 months, we're going to get an onslaught of people who are not culturally connected to any urban street appearance, but they've listened to certain hip hop artists and they decided to become a rapper. They, they may not be rapping the culture itself, but they decided to become a rapper. Mm. Well, you got to go where the money is, I guess, you know. <laughs> Man, I'm for real, though. You don't think that's crazy? It It is crazy for sure. On the one hand, from an integrity standpoint, it's absolutely crazy. On the other hand, it's a lot easier to make a Folex than it is to buy the company Rolex, you know? Just kind of how it goes. It's a lot easier to, like, make a fake Folex and sell it on a street corner than to actually, what, buy a Rolex factory or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's always easier to do a, to do a knockoff that doesn't have the real substance behind it. Just less work. Mm-hmm. But is it more work when they're trying to convince everybody that it is a Rolex? Isn't that where the work come in at? No, because Rolex already did the work for you. Mm. That's why, like, like when I was saying earlier, if you look back at the landscape, you only see the successes as a regular person, right? So if you look around and you go, okay, well, let's see. Guys who talk about they move a lot of drugs, move a lot of records. All I got to do is say I do, and I'll move some records. Because all the other shit people talk about that nobody cared to hear, nobody even heard. So you wouldn't even get the idea. They've already done the market research for you by failing their way to success, so to speak, to borrow a Kiyosaki term. Like They've already done all the trial and errors, and all the errors have already been paid for. So all you have to do is pretty much key in on exactly what's going on. Yeah, it's always easier to copy a good idea than to create one. 
And I think that's kind of what we see happening. And I, and I think also, you know, you, you have a record label that's got the money. They go, okay, well, this guy's got looks good enough or sounds decent enough or whatever the hell. We'll throw him on a mustard track and we'll have him sound, sound like he's such and such or whatever the hell he does. And uh, he wants a career bad enough. So, yeah, we'll go give him a couple hundred thousand dollars to go do that and we'll get whatever out of it. So they could pretty much create a successful rapper just in market research. Of course. The, and, and the market does the research itself because yes, yeah. yeah, especially right now. And like, look at it this way. Say you have an artist who has a huge debut album or whatever. And he was either independent or signed to some small deal and it's expired. Well, you can sign him again and pay $40 million or whatever the hell it would be for his deal as he's being a big deal. Or you could sign another guy for one and just make him sound like that guy and look like that guy. Mm. What's crazy is there's a there was a white kid who sounded just like Little Baby. And he made <laughs> a, a, a IG post about it like, it's easy to sound like little baby. And he broke it down and started putting together the words and the rhymes and put out a song and the fucking song ended up like, you know, on Instagram, the video ended up streaming like a million like time, like a million views on Instagram. And I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And he sounded just like little baby. Sounded just like him. That's funny. Well, Case in point, then I guess. So I mean, it, yeah, I, th- I think some of the question is also like, there was kind of that period of time where like street kit cred really, really mattered a lot in your marketability, and then I think hip hop have- that matters in hip hop because hip hop is rooted in like I tell you, street urban culture. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I would say like that's it's not like that with. Rap music, like nobody cares to know Jack Harlow's background. I mean, nobody cares to know Drake's background. It's not really important when it comes to them just rapping. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, that was kind of my where I was going to go was like Drake and like maybe Kanye and some around the same time, a few years apart, kind of broke that paradigm. And it seems like changed a, a lot of stuff where it became like you could just kind of make some music again. And nobody's really asking questions. They're just asking, does it sound good or not? Mm. Yeah. But look, we're we going to double back on this as a part two. Next week, I want to bring somebody on, and they don't want me to keep going further without them. So we're going to mm. double back and do a part two for the following week. But we're going to knock it awesome. out. Awesome. Sounds okay. good. I saw, yeah, I saw the messaging happening. I said, oh, something's going on down there. Yeah, so <laughs> they want to be a part of the conversation. So we're going to double That'll back. Be great. Part two of next week. Look forward to it, man. I'll catch you soon. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sillers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A King for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. 
Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.